Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hammer Time 1987 podcast, the podcast where all we do is win, and I am joined once again by conservative theologian, a man who holds nothing back, Garrett Wright. Oh yeah, and today we're going to rip into somebody. (laughs) Well, today we are talking about Scientology. Oh! (laughs) You thought the Episcopalians were bad, wait till you hear about the Scientologists. (laughs) You thought the Muslims were bad. <laughs> we haven't done a Muslim podcast yet. Uh, yeah, let's not. Let's not do it. You might get your head chopped off. Yeah, although that might be better than uh, what uh, happens with the Scientologists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Scientology is a, we'll say, a unique belief system. Uh, we're going to break this podcast in a couple of different topics, but we're going to start with Xenu. Now, for those of you listening, if you haven't grabbed an alcoholic beverage yet, you may want to get one. This is not an episode of Star Trek, okay? This is not Star Wars, but this is this is Xenu. This is the core of the Scientologist beliefs. All right, so here it is. Seventy-five million years ago, Xenu was the tyrant dictator of the Galactic Federation, which was composed of seventy-six planets and had existed for millions of years. These planets were suffering from overpopulation. And so Xenu had these, what he refers to as aliens, these these creatures, because they were so overpopulated, he dumped them on volcanoes here on Earth. And then he blew them up with hydrogen bombs. Oh, I didn't know they had Einstein back then. (laughs) Xenu has many powers. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) And now the the aliens that survived have essentially taken over our bodies, and uh, it gets a lot more complicated than that. But for but that that is the 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 core of of Scientology here is Xenu. So, Garrick, any thoughts on Xenu and what kind of person you think that he is? Well, um, that's that's quite a quite a history there. Um, <laughs> I um, <laughs> I don't know what there is to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, just so you know, Xenu, um, uh, of course, this the Galactic Federation was very upset that you know uh, the the aliens of, of the the galaxy were blown up here on Earth. So Xenu was eventually captured. Okay, good. And good. he is imprisoned on a barren desert, and apparently Scientologists believe that uh, he is here on Earth. He is taking human form, and if you pay enough money, you can find out who that human form is. Oh, how much do you have to pay? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to pay to find out how much you have to pay. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... I... <laughs> I tell you, you have to be completely insane to believe this stuff. <laughs> um, now, Xenu, for those of you who um, are listening, uh, Google X-E-N-U, and you can see a picture of him. And I mean, this is like a like a 1950s space creature. I mean, it's hysterical. The, the, well, that's know. when he was discovered. It was oh, in right. the 1950s. Right, well, by L. Ron Hubbard, who we're going to get to in a moment. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking maybe Cuomo or maybe Hillary Clinton is, you know, 
Well, you know, Cuomo, that, that actually would... Actually, a lot of things would start making sense. <laughs> <laughs> or I was going to say Alex Jones. Uh, I don't think Zenu would be that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's Zeno. So go, go check him out. Uh, but why don't we get into the things that people tend to talk about? I guess Zenu is not a big popularity uh, topic that things you know discuss nowadays. No, uh, you know the documentaries that we've watched on Scientology. Uh, they don't they don't mention Zenu and. I have the feeling that it's uh, maybe one of those things that uh, was originally uh, used to develop a, a theology, so to speak. Right. Um, but, you know, the sound of it is just so ridiculous that they probably don't want to have to say it. Right, right. Now, someone who's a believer in Scientology might say, well, you know, Garrick, you uh, you think this whole idea about Xenu is, is crazy, but... You know, you believe that, you know, some guy named Jesus uh, was able to walk on water and turn, you know, uh, water into wine and did all these miraculous things. So, you know, your your beliefs are just as uh, out in left field as Zeno. I mean, how would you respond to, to something like that if someone threw that at you? Well, sure. So both are supernatural. Um, mine has what I believe in has uh, 3,000, well, we'll say probably closer to 1,500 years worth of uh, manuscripts, and uh, the Bible is the most best-selling book of all time. Um, Nothing has been added to it, and uh, over, in almost 2,000 years, and... um, what you guys believe uh, was written in the 1950s by a complete nut job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at a minimum, I mean, we we know from the writings of the Romans that Jesus existed, uh, right. but there's no evidence that Zeno existed, at least that we know of. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or anything else about a galactic federation. <laughs> All right, let's talk about L. Ron Hubbard. He's the founder of Scientology uh, introduced us to Zenu and all of his beliefs with Dianetics and, and Scientology. Um, the, the, well, I'll say this. Garrick, you, you don't think he's a particularly attractive man? No, he said he is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe you could explain L. Ron Hubbard and his background and why we think that Scientology is just so so silly to kind of believe in in the first place. Uh, well, he was a science fiction writer uh, in the 40s and 50s, and I mean, that that in and of itself, I think, explains so much about, you know, this is your founder of a religion, so, uh, yeah. but, um, yeah, apparently, according, he had, he had, uh, he had tried to convince people that he was this war hero in World War II. He was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. He had received all of these kinds of medals and uh, whatnot. <clears throat> and he, I guess, was in the Navy, but uh, further looking at this, uh, the documents and uh, the medals that the Church of Scientology 
Mm-hmm. Uh, show, you know, we'll give you, we'll show you pictures of to portray what he accomplished. Those are those medals actually don't even exist. <laughs> uh, and so he has gone to great lengths to live a lie about right. his, especially about his uh, his his military background. And um, yeah, and then he he was a science fiction writer. He wrote a book called Dianetics. Um, which claimed to be uh, a scientific, uh, the scientific Bible of the human mind and human psychology. Yeah, and his whole thing was this book of Dianetics could help you, you know, heal yourself and give you human, you know, human powers. And uh, you know, he claims, as you mentioned, that after World War II, he was badly injured. Of course, he wasn't badly injured, um, and so the whole thing is just kind of his sort of made up ideas about how to heal yourself, which don't really have any basis in science. So, yeah. And he even went to the American, uh, psychiatry society or whatever, and, yeah. uh, said, Oh, I have all the, uh, the answers. So I, I know everything about <laughs> the human mind and psychology. And they said, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why you hate psychiatrists. <laughs> They called him on his bullshit. <laughs> so he's he's a nut job, but he's not totally without intelligence because he figures out that if you can start your own religion and charge money to people to join the religion, you can make a lot of money from it. And that's what he does. And uh, so the Church of Scientology is started. And one of the big things is what they call auditing. Yes. And auditing, uh, <laughs> my oh my oh my. Well, uh, it's almost like taking a polygraph test, mm-hmm. although I don't really know how much truth is involved with it. <laughs> uh, but you're hooked up to these these two, I guess we'll say metal cylinders, and you hold on to them, and there's a auditor who is asking you questions, and and Garrick, maybe you could tell our audience from there what kind of questions are asked and how this all kind of works. Yeah, well, it's called an e-meter, which is uh, a lot like a, it's a dumbed-down version of a polygraph. And uh, so they they ask questions uh, till they find something that is uh, causes you angst, mm-hmm. which you know doesn't take long they basically ask you to talk about something and uh they just kind of keep harping on that till they know your deepest darkest secrets and uh, i suppose the what i guess the psychology of it is that yeah first it gives you uh it makes you very anxious and then as you talk about it and you get more comfortable with talking about it you no longer feel as anxious, so the e-meter doesn't register as much of a of a high heart rate or anything like that. So they and, and so they kind of convince you that that is what is needed to clear your uh, your bad memories. Right. Yeah, and you know they'll they're not going to ask you. As you mentioned, you know, nice little questions. I'll ask you some pretty personal stuff. So if you say, you know, I'm a pervert and, you know, I've done <laughs> drugs or, you know, I've murdered someone or whatever, they're going to have all this information on you recorded now. 
Yes. And so they can essentially use that to keep you in the church and charge you lots of money to stay in the church. Yeah. Which brings us to our next point, which is this isn't a religion where you go to church and there's, you know, a pastor or somebody giving you lectures. You take courses. Right, right. And the first course will cost you $50. And you continue to work your way up as you pay more and more money to found that, you know, find out more and more knowledge. And I think the big difference between that and in normal religions is normal religions would tell you pretty much everything up front what they believe, but Scientology keeps everything hidden. Yeah. You go, what's the level one? They pay more level two. Then we tell you more. Then you tell you more. Then you tell you more. So uh, it's a religion for the rich. It is. Um, yeah. So you, you could, um, you go through these courses and you know, go through, uh, you be, be, you go through these levels called operating thetans. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Created by Zenu. He's your professor today. <laughs> and uh, and with, with each operating thetan, you have new powers, uh, supposedly. And, um, yeah, you... you uh, I, I don't know, it's just so stupid. <laughs> Such a scam. <laughs> it's a scam, and I think the reason people sign up is they think that they're going to get, that they would say, supernatural powers. Yeah, and then when they pay all that money and they find out that they don't, that's when they probably want to get out. <laughs> yeah, so, um, wow. So, all right, so you, you've got that in... Um, uh, I, I guess the next area we'll go to is um, just uh, a little bit more about the blackmail and what happens to people who try to leave the quote-unquote church. There's something known as the hole. Yeah. Uh, and what this is is members of the church who speak out against the church or they say something bad or they do something the church doesn't approve of, they are essentially taken to a, a prison where they're forced to live 24-7 in a big room with other people, and they're basically tortured, mentally and sometimes physically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, David Miscavige uh, sounds like a, kind of a badass. Yeah, so David Miscavige is the, currently the leader of the church. He took over after L. Ron Hubbard. And um, uh, <laughs> So, for example, one lady who was being tortured, she was forced to, um, they refer to it as eating slop. I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> Maybe it was oatmeal. I don't know. Grits without any cheese. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> so she's forced to eat slop. She's sleeping on the floor. They... Of course, they're out in the desert somewhere, so there's no air conditioning. It's 100 degrees in the room, and then she's forced to basically stand in a bucket where cold water is freezing. Cold water is poured all over, and she's forced to to answer questions and admit her guilt. Yeah. Um, and David Miscavige threatened to break her fingers off. <laughs> or break her fingers, whatever. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, but probably the story about Miscavige, well, two things. Uh, number one, again, David Miscavige is the leader of this church now. You can Google him to see what he looks like. He, he doesn't look like a guy you'd get along with. He's a little too intense, even in his pictures. Yeah, kind of looks like uh, it kind of looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Who we're going to get to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Miscavige had a uh, a sweater made for his dog, who was like a a bloodhound or something. And uh, David Miscavige, he had the sweater made for the dog. And when the dog entered the room, the members of the church were supposed to salute the dog. And if they didn't salute the dog, then he would just go off on the members and scream at them and hit them and push them around and stuff like that because they disrespected the dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like, you learn pretty quickly to salute an animal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can't just walk out of there and say, okay, I fucked up. <laughs> These people are weird. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, people who are really into the, the, the church, they're called members of the Sea Organization. Yeah. The Sea Org. Yeah. Which is probably another episode in this entirety. But the hardcore members are known as the Sea Org. They look like members of the U.S. Navy. They're dressed up in uniform and stuff. But if you try to leave, they're, they're like, they live in like a compound, and there's fences and cameras. Yeah. Yeah, they're part of the, uh, part of the church... I don't know, uh, the, the not choir, but, the, you know, they, they're employed by the church, and so they, yeah. that's what they do 24-7 for the 365 days a year, and so, yeah, when they want to leave, they have to escape. Yeah. Now, why do you think, knowing everything that we know, that people would join... Scientology and join the Sea Org. What what has to happen in your life for you to say, yeah, you know, I think this is a good idea? Well, they they will if they find you. It's like any cult. If they can find you when you're at a moment of weakness uh, in your life and you break up with somebody uh, who meant a lot to you, or uh, mm -hmm. um, but you you'll lose a loved one, you lose your job. Right. Uh, yeah, and they they say, hey, we have the answers. We can we can give you a better life, and it's a very narcissistic kind of religion because it's all about you. It's how right. do we fix you? How do we right. you know you can control what goes on in your life? And they claim to have the answers to that. It's yeah, it's like any cult. Yeah. It's not. They're not looking for stupid people either. Right. Um, you know, as, as ridiculous as all this sounds, a lot of cults <laughs> are like that, and in, you need to brainwash people who have a brain first. And so, wow. stupid people. Uh, I guess that's yeah. Yeah, they're probably not. They're not interested in them for two reasons. They're going to be hard to brainwash, and uh, they don't have money. <laughs> so the big part is money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we can't leave this discussion without a mention of Tom Cruise. That guy's a nut job. <laughs> I think most people, when they think of Scientology, they think of Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise, famous actor. Uh, 
he is a big proponent of Scientology, mm-hmm. and he was married. He's been married a couple of times now, but his most recent marriage was to Katie Holmes, mm-hmm. who was the big star in the Batman films, right? Or was that a different actress? Uh, she was in the Batman films. Okay. Um, so the first thing about Tom Cruise is he gets married to Katie Holmes in an Italian castle with all of the Scientologists. David Miscavige was his best man. That's so creepy. <laughs> yeah. I, wonder if, I wonder if the dog was there, too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but uh, Tom Cruise decides to serenade to his to his wife, you've lost that loving feeling by the Righteous Brothers. <laughs> Which, for those of you who don't remember that song, if you listen to it, you realize how strange of a song that is to sing to your wife about losing her loving feeling. Yeah. Uh, maybe she realized what she was getting into, and <laughs> she was like, I don't want to do it, and he forced her, and he serenaded her with that. Yeah. And then some of the interviews, if you watch uh, with Oprah or Tom Cruise with, ironically enough, Matt Lauer, uh, <laughs> really, he just goes off on, on different topics about he hates psychology and he, I guess he must hate Dr. Phil. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Garrick, I guess the question is, why are Scientologists targeting celebrities? And, again, why would a celebrity like Tom Cruise, who has everything you could want, join a cult like Scientology. Yeah, um, they treat the celebrities like royalty within the church, uh, and they do that because the celebrity, if they can point to celebrities that have joined their organization, makes it easier to get membership, um, because people want to be like celebrities. Uh, they have some it's it's a profitable organization and (laughs) they know how to wine and dine the important people in the organization the important members and um, now I I don't see why they can't just I don't know go to Beverly Hills Hotel and do it themselves but I, I suppose everybody needs to be part of something, and uh, if, if they are going to be, if they're going to have people, I don't know, genuflect to them or whatever, uh, look up to them that way, well, they'll they'll take it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you and I were talking privately. I mean, if I'm going to join a cult, I would want want it to have like. You know, more exciting things like 40 virgins waiting for you or something like that's Islam. But yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, women and drugs and alcohol, you know, things that are fun. Uh, but you know, Scientology doesn't have uh, any of those things. Not that we know about. It's a very secretive place. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't really know what goes on behind closed doors there. Most people don't. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. It, it doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> uh, why don't we just, before we end this, hit on a couple of quick things. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard had said that um, in one of his writings that uh, Jesus of Nazareth um, was a lover of young boys and was prone to temper tantrums. Uh, any truth to that that you've seen? 
well, I don't know, I guess I'd, guess I'd like to know what proof he has of that. That's um, in his books. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> the science fiction writer. <laughs> hey, you know what? If Xenu is real, I guess anything can be true. Right. Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> All I know is that ugly piece of crap is burning in hell right now. <laughs> uh, there's some other celebrities that I want to tell you about. John Travolta is a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Um, Greta Van Susteren. Yes. I think that's maybe where she got her, the weird way that she talks. Maybe it was from being hooked up to an e-meter too long. <laughs> Is that why she always buttons the top button of her blouse, too? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a rule of Scientology. (laughs) What's Uh, obvious? Now, I don't know if this is true. Jerry Seinfeld is listed as a former member of Scientology. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't ever remember hearing that. Yeah, I'd never heard that. Um, But uh, we also have... um, Oh, the name's escaping me now. Um, The girl from Mad Men. Uh, Yeah... Oh, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, yeah. Uh, Kirstie Alley was right. also. Isaac Hayes apparently was apparently. a Scientologist. Um, Lisa Marie Presley, who yes. I only remember, obviously she's the daughter of Elvis, but I don't. She was married to Michael Jackson, right? She was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when she came out with an album. Um, I actually thought it was pretty good. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're married to Michael Jackson, I could see why Scientology might be appealing. You know, go from one kind of nut job to the next. But yeah, I think she had problems. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Garrick, why don't we end with this? Um, if you came across a Scientologist, um, I don't want to say you were trying to convert them, but you were trying to get them to perhaps open their mind to to the idea that maybe what they believe in is wrong. I mean, how would you approach a Scientologist? How do you talk to a Scientologist? How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, I'd ask them, <clears throat> I'd ask them how much money they had before they started. How much they had. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I would just state some of the the facts I'd be like you know this was started in 1952 by a science fiction writer yeah. uh, who claimed you know I'd maybe run down some of the stuff about Xenu <laughs> that person probably would have never heard about Xenu <laughs> and um, I would say I don't know has, has your life really been made better by this and uh, uh, do you actually believe in all of this stuff? Well, maybe they're just on the waiting list to meet Tom Cruise. Would you really want to meet him? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's way too intense for me. Yeah. <laughs> Wacko. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so before the quote of the day, I'm going to read you this Scientology is all about enhancing your life to make yourself powerful with supernatural powers 
But that's in stark contrast to biblical Christianity, which is all about God's glory, even at the expense of yourself. So I think that's a kind of a nice synopsis there. Yeah. Who said it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Whoever wrote this PowerPoint did. Okay. <laughs> probably not L. Ron Hubbard, though. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Garrick, um, a quote of the day. Should I give it to you from L. Ron Hubbard? Yes. After I became a Scientologist, my abilities expanded so far above what I originally dreamed for myself that I've amazed even myself at my enormous increase of abilities. <laughs> That's a lot of abilities. Uh, <laughs> but maybe you have a better quote of the day you can end us. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's an interesting quote because basically that doesn't... I mean, I would expect him to say something like that because he could say, well, I was pretty much a, a liar and a loser. <laughs> but once people, I was actually able to convince people of such a scam, I was unbelievable. I, I, I was incredulous that it actually worked. <laughs> I became so important that and rich that I surpassed my own expectations. <laughs> he did make a lot of money. Yeah, he sure did. And he's burning in hell now. He's burning in hell for it, so... That's my quote of the day. <laughs> yeah. L. Ron Hubbard, burning in hell. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap us up. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I think uh, we recently discovered that there are some cults that we need to talk about in future podcasts. Yes, I, I'm interested in digging into the Reverend Sung Young Moon. <laughs> that's not Kim Jong-un. but <laughs> No, it's even worse. The Mooney cult. The Moonies, yeah. So we might be talking about the Moonies next time. So. Yeah, i got to do some research. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time.